Hello and welcome to episode 497 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now in today's episode we are looking at starting straw bale gardening which is a unique and sustainable way to grow vegetables. It's a bit different and I'm hoping it's also going to reduce the amount of time I have to weed. Before that, we get in with the usual vegetable garden plot update. And a bit later on, we have an allotment update. So sit back, relax, let's get in to the content. It is Saturday the 22nd of April 2023 today, and I have been doing some work in my garden. Now, the first bit of news that I think I need to share with you is to do with the chickens. This week, the restrictions with letting chickens free range has been lifted, which means we can now let our chickens out of the run, which is great news. means they get a bit more freedom, they get a bit more grass. The trouble we have is that we have a dog now, so... When we let the chickens out, Roxy, my dog, has to stay indoors because I can guarantee she will not be pleasant. I'll put it like that. So that's not a huge problem. Not a huge problem. Luckily, the chickens do have quite a large run now because I anticipated more of these chicken lockdowns or flockdowns, as they're known. So even when they are in their run, they have a bit, bit more room than most chickens. But letting them out in the garden is always a good bonus. Plus they get the fresh grass and everything. I might just let the chickens out when Roxy's on the walk with Amanda or myself and somebody's here to keep an eye on the chickens. But it's great news to let them out. Like I say, in a few months' time, towards the end of this year, I expect we will find ourselves back in another flock down as well. But for the time being, let's make the most of it. Now, other things that have been going on in the veggie garden. I'll start out the front, actually. There's not been many changes. There's just a lot of the fruit trees and bushes are really starting to show signs that they are springing into life. They're putting on leaf. They're potting on flowers. They seem to be really liking the front garden. So I'm very, very happy with the changes I've made out there. Out in the back garden, I have sown another row of peas with the first row of peas just starting to show signs of life. It's been pretty poor germination with my first row of peas, so the second row of peas should make up for that. Uh, I've continued to hoe through anywhere where I have empty beds, and I have planted out some of my cauliflower seedlings as well into the brassica bed, which hopefully will go on and produce some good brassicas. Added to that, in the veggie pod garden, we are getting a good harvest of spinach and radishes at the moment. Now, the radishes were actually grown using Charles Dowding's multi-sown method, where basically you sow three radish seeds in a uh, plug plant starter in the greenhouse, get them growing, and then you plant out that plug plant once they are big enough to, to go outside. And then when the radishes reach the size that you want, you harvest them and leave the rest to grow. I've got to say, actually, the system works really, really well if you are organised enough to keep on top with that sowing. I've actually sown another row of radishes last week, which I just sowed directly in a line. 
But I do like this multi-sewn technique for radishes, certainly. Another idea I had when it comes to radishes is actually sowing 12 seeds in one litre pots each week. And in a few weeks, that would mean 12 radishes are ready. The following week, the next load would be ready and so on and so on. I think that's quite a good idea. I saw this on Facebook and I think that's quite a good idea. If you do like your radishes, I certainly do, to keep them going just by sowing a few each week. But the spinach particularly, the spinach is really nice. I pick it while it's young. It's baby spinach. We've actually got some that aren't in the veggie pod as well. We've got some in the bed in the main veggie patch. And they're doing, they're a bit behind, obviously. They only got planted out last week. So they're doing a little bit behind, but they are doing well. Now, my main thing that I have been concentrating on today, I've got a little area between my two sheds, which is where I place my hot tub now last year i didn't put my hot tub up because of the cost of living crisis but what i've noticed i suffer from headaches anybody that's listened to this podcast will know i suffer from headaches so i found last year i ended up getting more headaches to compared to when i had the hot tub up the year before so i've had a chat with my wife We've assessed our bills over winter and realised we have done pretty well at reducing our energy use. So I've decided to pot up my hot tub. I had to clear the area first, which involved going through lots of plastic pots. I, like most gardeners, have a huge collection of plastic pots, far too many. And what I try and do is keep them organised so all the sizes are together and they fit inside each other to reduce space. And then I place them inside dustbins or crates and try and get those behind the shed. The trouble is they take up such a big area that they and they seem to breed that I just seem to end up with so many more. What I'm hoping to do is go through them this year. Any that I don't use, I'm going to give away. That's what my plan is, just because I need to get rid of so many of these pots. But yes, uh, cleared and tidied that area up, set the hot tub up, which is great because that's just in time for my birthday. So I'm looking forward to enjoying a nice soak in the hot tub. The thing I like about having a hot tub in the garden is it gives me the chance to sort of relax and take in what's going on in the garden in the evening while still relaxing in the garden you know I spend a lot of time working in my garden I love being in my garden just like I love being in my allotment to be able to relax and enjoy the garden is a big treat for me now one more thing that I have been setting up is the straw bale garden and I want to talk about that next Now, just over three years ago, it was episode 274, I had a young chap by the name of Joel. Now, Joel created Straw Bale Gardening, and I've always wanted to try Straw Bale Gardening since he spoke about it. This year, we have started it off. Let me get into a bit of what I understand about straw bale gardening. It's a method that has gained a lot of popularity in recent years, and for good reason. It's very low maintenance, it's a sustainable way to grow a variety of plants and it can be done almost anywhere. Now I don't think it's kicked off in the UK in quite the same way as it has kicked off over in the States. But what I want to do this year is to explore what straw bale gardening and how 
we can get into it. Now, first things first, what is straw bale gardening? Essentially, it's a method of growing plants in bales of straw. And these are arranged in a way that allows for the growth of plants. The straw bales act as a kind of raised bed, creating a warm, nutrient-rich environment for plants to grow. And the best part is that when the season is over, the straw bales can be composted, making them a sustainable and eco-friendly option. Now, the idea of composting them particularly appeals to me. I'm always trying to make more and more compost. It's something I need a lot of. So what I did is I went off to my local farm supplier. It's where I get my chicken feed from. And I asked them how much a straw bale would cost. And each straw bale has cost me £3.50. Currently, I have four straw bales with a fifth one coming at the end of this week. Now, we want to make sure that they are straw, not hay, as hay can contain weeds. And that could cause us problems down the line. Straw also needs to be tightly bound with very little mould or mildew. Again, most farm suppliers will be very well known for supplying good quality straw bales. I was lucky enough with mine that I know them very well. I've used them many times for chicken feed. They're very reasonably priced. In fact, I worked out that £3.50 for a bale of straw is probably much cheaper than a bag of compost at the moment. Now, as I said, I've got four currently, which with the fifth one, I've arranged them to make like a W shape in an area where we haven't built any beds at the moment. But what we're going to do towards the end of the season is put a wooden bed around this area and use that rotted down straw to start building on this bed. Whether we continue straw bale gardening in the future, in future years, is something that we will find out towards the end of this year. Now, with the straw bales in place, we can't just plant straight into them. And this is what I've been focusing on at the moment. We have to prepare them and we have to condition them. So currently with the four bales I've got, we have been conditioning them this week to get them ready to, to plant plants in. So what we need to do is create a warm, moist environment that is ideal for plant growth. So we have been watering the bales every day. Now, if we're not watering them, it's because it's rained. So sometimes we've been quite lucky. I actually asked a few people on our live stream about this, and they have all said that they actually recommend that it started a bit earlier with the watering just to get loads of moisture in the straw bales. For... At least the last week, we have been adding water over these on a daily basis, just pouring the water on them, nothing difficult about it. But then every other day, we have been adding a nitrogen source, such as blood meal is my preferred one, but chicken manure pellets would be a second one as well. Now, these obviously are going to add a bit of nitrogen, which is going to help break down the straw. It's also going to add that fertiliser to the straw so that the plants can get into those straw tubes and get that fertilizer as well. Next week, we will probably also add something like grow more just to add a bit more of the other nutrients that plants need. And again, this is just getting it all those nutrients into that straw so that as the plants are, are ready, they can access them and hope to grow them on. Now, for the next two weeks, we're going to have to be conditioning these straw bales. So that should take us up to about mid-May, which works perfectly 
of what I want to do. Now, that's when we can start planting out our plants. So what I'm planning on doing is trying different plants in these straw bales. So as I said, I've got five straw bales. I will have five straw bales, I should say. In one of them, we're going to grow tomatoes and peppers. In another one, we're going to grow some of our brassicas, cabbages or cauliflowers. I'm actually adding a bit of lime to that particular straw bale to try and help the cabbages and brassicas out for that. In another straw bale, we're going to be growing carrots, which involves adding a layer of compost on the top of it so that the carrots can just get started and then pot their, their roots down into the straw. In another one, we're probably going to add something like pumpkins or melons or cucumbers for things from the cucurbit family. And then finally, in the fifth one, beans and peas, just so that we can get a good variation of different plants to see what grows and, and what does well in this method. And whether or not we can grow everything in this method. I'm unsure about carrots, to be honest, but if we can do it, then great. I'm going to be very, very happy with that. Again, I've been doing a lot of research on this, and if you are interested in checking this out on a trying straw bale garden, there's a few things that are common mistakes. One of the most common mistakes is overwatering, and this can lead to root rot. That's the same as anything else. What I've found since I've been conditioning these bales is I've actually stuck my sort of finger into the straw just to see how moist it is, and I'm surprised just how much moisture it's holding onto. You only need them to feel dry to the touch, but if they are completely sopping wet, you're overwatering them. Obviously, planting too close together might be a problem that can lead to crowding and poor growth, but that would happen in the ground anyway as well. So they're the two common mistakes that I've found people have tried. But a lot of people who do straw bale gardening swear by it. What I'm understanding is one of the biggest benefits is that it is a weed-free way to garden. At home, I don't really suffer too much from weeds, but if it works really, really well like I'm expecting, then in the future this might be something that we do to try and reduce the amount of time that I have to spend weeding. So that's a brief introduction into straw bale gardening, and we are going to continue this throughout 2023. As I said, you've heard everything that I'm growing we're going to see what does well and we're going to evaluate it. We're also going to grow these plants in other areas of the garden, in the ground like normal. So it's going to be a good test to see what does the best and what's worth doing. But if you have tried straw bale gardening or you have any of these tips or ideas, then please do share them with us at the vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Or if you are interested in trying straw bale gardening, again, please do share it, your experience with us as well right let's head down to the allotment it is sunday the 23rd of april 2023 it's my birthday and i am down on my allotment one of my favorite places to be now all this talk about straw bale gardening has made me wonder if straw bale gardening is as much of a success as it's proclaimed to be could I do it down on the allotment? This is something I will have to contact our allotment council and see if we are actually allowed to do it. But if it is a success at home and I can prove it and it reduces the amount of weeding, then I think on the allotment it's going to be a great idea moving forward.
Now, it is raining today, which is why I'm inside Grandad's greenhouse. And it's pretty wet, actually. Yesterday, beautiful sunshine. Today, just a lot of wet moisture all over the place. And that's... Um, Annoying, very annoying. But I luckily, I have been down here a few times throughout this week and I have managed to keep on top of things like the weeding, going through the beds and clearing out a lot of the weeds, which I've got to say, you know, by doing it little and often really does make a difference. It really, really does. I also brought the lawnmower and strimmer down here on Thursday and I managed to cut the grass areas. Of course, the grass I've used as a mulch around my onions. And because the grass was dry, it was easier and quicker to cut. So I feel, you know, that again, it just makes the place look so much better. That simple thing of just cutting the lawn, cutting the grass makes all the difference. So very, very happy with that. And another thing I've been doing is with the asparagus bed. As I said, I've been taking out more of the weeds in this asparagus bed, but I've also been mulching with seaweed, which I've got when I've walked down the beach. So that really has helped and it is starting just to make the allotment come together and look so much better for it. I love using seaweed on a mulch on the asparagus. I think I said last week, you know, asparagus loves the salt, so it grows better with it. It hates weeds asparagus does so the mulch also helps reduce the amount of weeds and my allotment is a particularly difficult area to keep on top of the weeds hopefully by doing this mulch we can keep on top of the weeds will make all the difference luckily we have got some asparagus spears that are starting to show through and i reckon another week we'll have our first asparagus harvest now I've also have planted a couple of tomato plants into this greenhouse. As I've said in the past, this greenhouse is going to be the tomato greenhouse and the other greenhouse will be the cucumbers. And what I did in this greenhouse is I've placed six plastic containers into which I've drilled a hole about an inch from the bottom but on the side. A bit like the veggie pod in that it creates a wicking system when filled with compost and everything and that's what I'm continuing to use this year. I've added a bit of compost to the top of these containers and I've planted out some tomatoes. Hopefully they're going to take. They've been in here a few days now and they don't look too bad so that means it's all looking good in order to get us some lovely tomatoes. Cannot wait for all these things to really start growing and producing and, uh, you know, enjoying it. it. It's great to see this this year. Now, what I've also been doing today is getting some brassicas into the beds outside. So I've been clearing out the weeds in the bed that had the cabbages in it. And into that bed, I've also added a few new cabbage seedlings. These are pretty strong seedlings now, so they should grow quite nicely. And then on the lower bed, I've peeled back the weed suppressing membrane, cleared away a few weeds, and into that bed, I've placed a few Brussels sprout plants. Now the Brussels sprouts will be in this bed for quite a long time. I would say they'll probably come out January, February, March next year. So they're going to be dedicated to this bed for quite a while and that's something I have to take into consideration when planning for next year. And what I mean by that next year this bed will be for the spring planted onions. So 
The other two brassica beds that will have cabbages and kale and things like that, as they get more and more empty, they get planted up for the following season, if it makes sense. So the cabbage bed at the moment, I expect those cabbages will be out by October, November, December time, in which time we will plant our cabbages into them. And the other bed will probably, that will probably be empty uh, as, at around the same time. So our autumn sown onions will go into there and so on. Uh, this Brussels sprout bed, that will become our spring sown onions. So that will be fine until then. That's the idea with my rotating system that I have run, worked out to work down here. Now, the potatoes that we planted a few weeks ago, they are all starting to show themselves, so that is great. The couch grass, unfortunately, is starting to grow now as well. So I've just got to get on top of the couch grass, which will happen throughout this week. And then I've, I'm also starting to bring down my spring-sown onions and get those into the ground in other beds as well. Brought a few of those down this week. Haven't quite planted them out, but that's something I will be doing this week in order to get everything tackled and on top of it's going to be uh, great times ahead is all i can say i'm really really happy with the allotment at the moment and i i just can't wait to really get growing right well let's head back to the podding shed and find out what i've been cooking up this week well, that's all for today's episode of the veg grow podcast thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today now before we go i just want to let everybody know we do have a bit of a frost warning for tonight being monday so please make sure you take all necessary precautions to protect your plants and keep an eye on the weather for this next week as well because it could cause problems later on this week now we do have a delicious spinach recipe for you as well this is a spinach and feta stuffed chicken breast recipe what we do in a small bowl we mix together a cup of fresh spinach leaves half a cup of crumbled feta cheese one garlic clove that has been minced up and a bit of salt and black pepper and then what we do we take two chicken breasts we make it like a pocket by cutting into the chicken breast and stuff the spinach and feta mixture into two chicken breasts. Then using toothpicks, we seal the openings. Then in a frying pan, over a medium high heat, a bit of olive oil, and we just cook them for three to four minutes on each side until golden brown. And then we take that frying pan and we bake the chicken in the oven for about 20 25 minutes until the chicken is cooked right through remove the toothpicks and serve immediately it's absolutely delicious so give it a try let me know what you have think don't forget to you can share your recipes as well it's always good to to get a few good recipes going now i do hope you have enjoyed this week's episode if you did please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform it really helps us reach more garden enthusiasts like yourself if you are interested in supporting our podcast we do have a supporters club where you can become a member for just five pound a month as a member you receive seeds each and every month as well as extra podcasts now, if you have any questions, comments or anything you want to get in touch, please feel free to send us an email, richard at veggrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can leave a voicemail on our website at the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk. 
Now finally, don't forget to follow us on social media for more garden tips and inspiration. We will be back again next time, so until then, please take care. Thank you.